the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to the Eye on Real Estate Radio Show. We're not only the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate, but I have to brag, we have also the best panel of experts you can find anywhere. Okay, they are just superb. Couldn't do the show without them. Um, our brilliant mortgage, uh, Ace Plus Two Park, is not here today, so instead, we have Thomas Drew from Citizens Bank, who is the area area director. The you, area manager for Long Island, Dottie. Oh, right. And by the way, Long Island is on fire, and thank you for everything you do there. Um, Ace, uh, so you are on Long Island, all of Long Island, and as I tell you always, financing is key, and you need to do that before you're ready to buy. You should do that ahead of time so that when you find what you're looking for, you have a strong offer. Can You can say that I'm already approved for a mortgage, I have everything in place, and you've checked your credit, you've made sure that that's up to snuff, and you're all set to go. And that makes the bid, when you do make a bid, much stronger. Remember, you can call Thomas if you need any information about financing at 866-970-9622. And, of course, we have our brilliant attorney, Andrew Lieb. He's with us. Good morning, Andrew. How you doing, Dottie? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just sad the summer's you... ending. <laughs> oh, it's a bummer. But I got to tell you, Dottie, I'm so excited we have Thomas Drew on the show today. I've known him for like a decade. This guy, the audience is going to love him. He's amazing. Well, you know what? There's no one I've met at Citizens that's not great. And I've dealt with the mortgage business for so many years. And I, I always tell everybody on, on the show that when you put the right team together, the right attorney, um, the right finance people, and, of course, the right real estate broker, it's a home run. It's a home run. And it makes a big difference. It really makes a big difference. Um, so thank you for being. And you can always call us for any, of, any questions at 866-970-9622. At 11 o'clock, at 11 a.m., we'll have Mike Conti, who's our brilliant insurance expert. Um, Mike is a principal at Honig, Conti, and Perino Insurance Agency here in New York City. And he is also the former uh, president of the Council of Insurance Brokers of Greater New York. So if you own a home, rent, or an apartment, or sleep in your car, Mike Conti is the man with all the answers about what insurance you need, how much is too much. Um, that's always the case. How much do I need? Because you could really insure yourself to death. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I always tell you uh, what happens on history at this day, and so I will tell you that in 1987, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 2,700 for the first time. And, of course, if you were born today, you're a Leo, which is a pretty strong sign, and you're always looking, which is a good thing, for the next level of success. Of course, you share your birthday with Robert De Niro, who was born in Brooklyn 75 years ago, and he's probably one of my favorite actors. And his son is one of the best brokers at Douglas Elliman. Um, and I will say something for uh, Raphael De Niro, who really started as a rookie and worked so hard to be good. And I said, why don't you tell everyone who your father is? And he would say, no. He said, because just because I have to be that good before I'll ever use my father's brand and name. And he really works hard, one of our best brokers, and I love him to death. Dottie, I have to tell you, I've known Raphael for years, and I'll tell you why. He asks for his team to get private trainings in addition to the normal trainings that we give everyone because they want to know the law and be on the cutting edge. And I go over to their office, and they're a team of professionals. It's unbelievable, Dottie. Wow. No, he really is. And, you know, you know, people just assume things, which is not a good thing, but it's just normal sometimes. So you hear his name and you think, oh, yeah, well, look who his father was. And, you know, he must have all these millions of customers that his father Well, he worked himself up from the beginning because we hired him brand new. He had no real estate experience. Worked day and night. Never hushed a word about his uh, father uh, because he really, really wanted to you know, he knows how strong he is. And he said, I wouldn't expect anything from my father until I deserve it and I'm that good. And in the beginning, I I think his father used somebody else until he was, but he is really, one day I wrote him a letter and I, I really said he's a class act and I, uh, I, I, I really, I'm real lucky to have him at DE. He's just great. And uh, I feel like I, I feel like he grew up with Douglas Elliman, which he did. Uh, so anyhow, let's what's 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 news? What's news in the in the in the country or national news is, um, you know, they're talking a lot of recession now. If you listen to the politics, uh, they're talking recession. But uh, I don't think we're going to ha- anything have a recession the way that we uh, remember experiencing it. At, what was that? Two thousand and seven. Um, Dottie, check this out. I'm, I'm reading Business Insider while I'm waiting to get on the show today. The front page of Business Insider says the doomsday warnings about the U.S. housing market are getting it backwards. It says, in fact, the housing market in many ways is getting to its healthiest place since the recession. The healthiest. So wow. you're right on. Wow. wow you should the post that. Page. Because really, the front people... page of Business Insider. Well, good for them. Because, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, you know people just sometimes just read like a little bit of things and they don't really read it. And I don't see any recession. I, you know, they have shown signs and these are national numbers right now. I try to give you national and then more local. Like, so you see if uh, the Northeast is kind of doing what the rest of the country is, but nationally, you know, the, the market's softened. It is summer. And for most part, summer's a little bit slower. If you look at seasonality, um, now, the way they, get, they, they come to a conclusion uh, is that they ask, uh, they ask, they poll people, and I have no idea how many people they poll, and they say, do you plan to buy a house next year? And they claim 
that the National Association of Home Builders said that only 12% of adults said they plan to buy a house, and so um, that is one of the things. And they also say that, uh, again, this year so far, out of all of the markets, 58% uh, of the buyers nationally were first-time buyers, and obviously they have a need. They're the millennials. They're probably the oldest ones are about 35. Uh, they're having families, and they believe in home ownership. So that's the biggest number. Also, now it's down a little, Stephen. It, it says that 95.6% uh, of balances were current. So that's the highest level wow. of, of current. So it, despite the higher debt loads, and the debt loads are only higher because the economy is good and people are renovating and taking home equity loans, despite that, everybody's paid up, almost everybody's paid up. So it's not like the situation where people no, are struggling. No, and, and also uh, when we look at the financing piece of it, if you go back to the recession, you could borrow a lot with very little money, and I think that's a little bit tougher now. I mean, you don't have to, you, you, they're a little bit stricter on what they lend now, correct, Thomas? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been a complete 180 as far as qualifying. And, uh, you know, so individuals that get a mortgage now, uh, there's no doubt that they can pay it. And that's why you're seeing it in those numbers that, uh, you know, 96% of people are paying at the time. Yeah. Tom, what's that QM thing about, that qualified mortgage? Don't you guys have to do something about that? It's ending. Sure, yeah. We, we, we basically have to we can only lend money to people who can prove they can pay us back. Um, you know, there's the qualified mortgage where they're looking at debt-to-income ratio not to exceed a certain amount. And, uh, and if banks originate a loan that's not a QM, then they're more on the hook for um, the equity position in that house if they actually issue that mortgage to the borrower. So banks are definitely going to be a little stricter with issuing those loans. Oh, okay. Now, Realtor.com predicts the market shift impacting borrowers is on the way. And again, predictions are just what they say. They're predictions. They don't necessarily all come true. But they say a market shift that will impact borrowers well into 2020 is likely on the way. And um, they say that inventory grew only 2.8% year over year, according to the study. So that means we didn't add much inventory. Now, again, I'm talking national numbers right now, but annual gains have softened throughout the year. The number of newly listed homes dropped 2.3% also. Yeah. So what they're saying is there might be a shortage again. And if you go back probably, I want to say nine months ago, a year ago, we were having bidding wars and things of that nature. There was plenty of buyers, okay? However, there was no inventory. And even though inventory has climbed, it's still, you know, it's still not high. And they're saying declining inventory could lead to the return of bidding wars. Now, I don't see it's that scarce. I think we have not a lot of inventory, but enough. But I also think that's why it's so important, because good stuff doesn't last long. And I think it's so important to get yourself qualified, go to Citizens Bank, uh, make sure that you are qualified and that you have everything in place so that when, if there is somebody bidding against you, or if there's somebody maybe even a little bit higher than you, if they haven't, if they don't have their ducks in order, uh, they can't really make a strong bid where you can say, listen, I'm qualified. You know you don't have to worry. Once you sign this contract, I'm, 
I'm in. I'm getting a mortgage with Citizens Bank. I just the only thing it relies on is the appraisal of the house. So I, it's really important. Uh, but they're they're saying that uh, that that could happen. On the luxury market, by the way, the there's a slow there's there is a slow up. Uh, you know. With this, the luxury market, which is the top 10% of wherever you are, and luxury homes across 46 major cities only grew 1.4%, which is not that hard. Yeah. yeah. Now, Vancouver, and again, we work with Knight Frank nationally, so these numbers came from Knight Frank. Vancouver, which in 2016 led Knight Frank's list, of luxury home prices, and I have friends that own a big real estate company in Vancouver. They were off the wall. Um, well, that had surged over 30% in 2016. It was off the wall, the prices, and that's plummeted to the bottom of the index um, amid increased taxes on foreign buyers. Luxury home prices in Canada fell about 13%. And meanwhile, in Manhattan and London, we have gone down to the bottom 10 of, of what's really how much we've appreciated. However, the prices were off the wall. And you kind of look, have to look at where they came from. I mean, everybody was just paying any number. And now they sell, but, you, but they more, people are not just putting any number there. It has to make some economic sense. Hong Kong. Daddy, that's so smart. Dottie, that's so smart what you just said, because I think everyone tries to get the high, the high, the high. If you're two points off of the high, you're still very high. And we need everyone to realize that it's still astronomically great pricing. Right. And I always tell people, I think Ace, I saw him post it. I was on a, 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 a Maria's show, and um, I said, if you're looking to buy, anyone who's thinking of buying now with interest rates the way they are, it's like free money. Uh, so really, it's a good price, and the market's kind of like treading along. It's not high. It's not low. It's really a good place. And across the, uh, the, the world, I mean, Hong Kong saw zero price growth. And, you know, we can speculate on what that's all from. I just think that it's an election year. I think there's a lot of uncertainties. And I think in election years, people sometimes take, not, not first-time buyers because they definitely have a need, but people sometimes at that high, high end take a step back and say, let's just see what's going to happen here and don't do as much. Uh, I, I, I just hear just opportunity, 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 and hashtag absolutely. borrowing for free with Dottie. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, mortgages are on sale right now. You know, you tell people. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Six months ago, they were one percent higher. They dropped the full percentage point. You're saving at least twelve percent. What are they now, Tom? Tom? I just, Tom, I just got a loan with you guys of seven percent interest only. I did with Citizens two point eight five percent. Wow. Two point eight five percent. Unbelievable. Free. Free. Free money. <laughs> yeah, so now, thirty of six mortgage rates are about uh, three and a half percent. That was that was a seven. That was a. That was a 7% um, interest-only arm, which is actually, as you know, higher than if you're paying interest. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember this long, but, God, I remember when I was got, like, uh, maybe a 7 or 5-year adjustable mortgage, and I got it, like, an 11 or 12%, and I was, oh, my God, because the interest rates were 15 16%. Wow. Mean, so, wow. you know, people don't realize this is, like, so incredible. 
Um, I have a question about negative interest rates. It was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal last week. Tom, can you t- explain how that can be a negative interest rates? Well, you know, I don't really see it happening in the United States, but uh, in some parts of the world, there are economies where their uh, their yields, their bond yields, are negative. You know, Germany right now, the ten-year yield is almost minus 0.7 basis points. So there are some cases where um, people are paying, people are actually giving up yield to put their money in some sort of safe uh, depository or investment. And uh, so I guess that is falling through in some cases with some mortgages where they might be getting, you know, the bank saying, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll basically reduce your principal balance at the end if you take out a mortgage with us. So it basically not not only not paying interest, but not uh, saving some money on, on the actual loan amount that you borrow. So it seems Tom, a little I'll make, I don't, Tom, I'll make, I'll make all your money f- very safe if you give it to me on negative interest rate. I have a very good safe over here, <laughs> and I'm willing to take it all. That makes yeah. two of us. That makes two of us. And by the of way, course, for of those course. of you who uh, a lot of you send me or email me or through social media, ask me what is one of the places that are the biggest booms. And actually, I think I said it last week or the week before. One, because uh, I had just come back from there, one is Las Vegas. Now, remember something. They're opening a stadium there. Is it a football stadium? I think, right? Or is it baseball? It's football, I think. Uh, they're opening a big stadium in Vegas. And so the prices are going off the wall. And they're low to begin with, but they're not as low as I thought they were. But they're low in uh, they, that Henderson, in Nevada, Henderson is up. And the luxury homes in Nevada were 1223000 up 16%. Wow. Now, I didn't even wow. know they – I didn't – yeah, I didn't even know they sold them that high. And I thought, you know, I really didn't. But they are really experiencing quite a bit of growth. And also, some parts of Florida and uh, the cities in Florida that experienced the highest growth are Fort Lauderdale. Now, remember, Fort Lauderdale, when everything was going up, Fort Lauderdale kind of was – just moving along. Well, they built Four Seasons there. They're really developing it, and that's really gone up. Uh, St. Petersburg and Tampa, they experienced some of the biggest increases in luxury home prices. And though it's typical for Florida cities to be among the regions with the biggest increases in this category, this is the first time since 2017 a Florida city hasn't topped the list. Uh, Nevada took it over. And i uh, but, but truthfully, uh, Florida is on its way up. And again, we had when we had the recession, Florida got hit the most, or it was one of the the hardest hit. And so was Vegas. So their prices, you have to look at the Northeast. Our prices came back much quicker. Um, we didn't have all that inventory that was just sitting around, and nobody wanted it. And uh, so I think that we are we experienced our growth probably two years ago, and now we're just moving along. These cities are really coming up now. So if you're looking for investments or you're looking to buy a Florida home or Vegas, it's a good time to look. And uh, I don't see many people from the Northeast moving there, but Honolulu and San Jose and uh, Seattle were some of the ones that were declined. Okay, we're moving along. We're going to take a quick break, and then I want to talk. I want to read something I think is really 
interesting was by Brad Edmund, and it says, is it time to rethink what the word home means? And home means a lot of things to a lot of people, but everyone wants to have a home. We'll be right back with Iron Real Estate right after a quick break. Keeping New York City safe from society's most dangerous criminals is not a job for just anyone. But New York's boldest do just that each and every day. This is Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamudin. Last year, Correction Officers had custody of more than 45,000 inmates who entered our jail system. Everyone from the murderer, the rapist, the slasher, the stabber, and even the petty thief who you see in the news every day. But unfortunately, what you won't see or hear is the support, the respect, and the appreciation we deserve from our city's elected leaders. That's why we, the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, want to say thank you to all New York City Correction Officers. Thank you for your service to our city. Thank you for keeping this city safe. We appreciate you and will always have your back. Keep up the great work. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. Did you know it was once considered anti-American to throw away the core of an apple? In the 1940s, there was a common poster with a picture of a beautiful child happily eating the core of an apple. The slogan read, Be True to the Core. This was a nationwide program concentrating on nutrition and discouraging food waste. Keeping our citizens strong at home was an important aspect of winning the war in Europe. American citizens are fighting the war against lifestyle disease. Research shows we must eat every edible part of fruits and vegetables to keep our bodies strong and able to fight off biological invaders that are making us sick. Much of the disease-fighting chemistry in fruits and vegetables are located in the core and skin of produce. Often we are peeling off and coring the strongest available chemistry for fighting the deadly diseases of our day. It turns out Grandma was right. Eat all your fruits and vegetables and be true to the core. This is Dr. Douglas Howard with your health tip of the week. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I find them extremely helpful in so many areas that I had had issues with before. And, you know, so there's there's a direct cause and effect, you know, from before taking them to now taking them. If I don't take them... I am really in a fog, and when I do, I have a sense of just energy and clarity that I didn't, I, I shouldn't have. I'll just say, I'll, I'll just put it that way, <laughs> that way. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. 
For a limited time, all new preferred customers will receive an additional 30% discount and free shipping on your first Balance of Nature order. You will also receive an extra $10 off on any additional set of fruits and veggies you purchase. This summer special will expire, so don't wait. Call 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code THEANSWER. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate, and I'm here with our brilliant attorney, Andrew Lee, and our amazing finance, Tom Drew, and we're talking about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate. And you can call us at 866-970-9622. Um, I want to talk a little about the millennials, but before I do that, I, I just read this, and I just think it's um, kind of is interesting, and it's written by a friend of mine, Brad Edmond, who does a lot of real estate, and I mean, he's not a real estate agent, but he writes, and he has a whole bunch of real estate things, but uh, he says, it's, our homes have changed, becoming more complicated, but also more significant in our lives. And he's saying that it's time to rethink real estate, and that's kind of true. And while more of us live alone, we welcome animals, family members, and strangers to stay in our homes. On any given night, two million people fall asleep in a stranger's home through Airbnb rentals. Wow. Can you imagine wow. that? About 85 million families own a pet up 50% from 1980. We are spending more time in our homes as everything comes to us. Cinema, like movies, you know, you don't really have to go to the movies anymore. Cinema at home entertains us, food delivery feeds us, and the shopping mall sits in the living room as we order clothes that are delivered to our home. So true. The number of people working at home has doubled since 2005. The number of companies that offer work-at-home options has grown 40% in the past five, uh, five years. Add independent contractors to the mix, and at-home workers will someday outnumber those stuck in the office zapped by excruciating commutes. Think of that. I mean, that's people that work at home will eventually outnumber those people that work actually in offices. Amazing. Still protect us from the outside world, okay? And I, I really think people feel it's a safe haven. Our homes, and inside our homes, the legal concept of intrusion and solitude protects us further. Um, the police face a much harder time getting a warrant to search your home than accessing, access, accessing your cell phone records, thanks to the Fourth Amendment. And by the way, they can get your phone numbers on that, so those sites now. Um, an estimated 40% of American households keep at least one gun in the house. Now, that I didn't realize. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, 24 states have special self-defense laws, stand-your-ground statuses, which is when one is threatened by a home intruder. Property crimes in most places are at a record low. But statistically, yeah, but listen to this, but statistically, the biggest threat to your safety may be your spouse killing you or harming you in your own home. (laughs) That's terrifying. That's wild. (laughs) 
And most that's people why Eleanor, men... Dottie, you know what Eleanor Roosevelt said? She said the secret <laughs> to se- a happy marriage is separate homes. She might be on to something. She is. I'm going to do it in the separate bedrooms now. You know, this is ours together, and here's where we go when we're done. Okay. And I'm going to put, uh, put one of those. I'm going to put one of those deadbolts on now that I'm afraid of my wife from the show. Yeah. <laughs> and they say most people commit suicide at home. That's where they generally oh. do that. Well. <laughs> uh, more more people are living alone, which I that I know, but 110 million adults are single. But more older people are doubling up with friends. The average household size shrank 25% in the last 60 years, but extended families living together is trending with adult children staying at home longer, which we know a lot. Um, and despite shrinking household sizes, the average new home today is about 1,000 square feet larger than in 1973. Single women living alone, okay, has lower BMIs, waist sizes, and risks associated with smoking and alcohol than their married con- counterparts. So they're saying, I guess, that they're happier or they don't have to drink or I, who knows. Um, well, that's because Beyonce went, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. So they all learned that that was the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Only, and, and by the way, that's, uh, if you're selling a home, that's a, a segment of the population that you should not ever. Uh, more and more single women are buying a home and single men. You don't have to be, you know, in the 1950s, 60s, it was kind of you bought the home when you got married. And now it's people that are single want to own their own home, too. And so that's a booming number. Opportunity. Yes, we are seeing a lot of yeah. single borrowers, for sure. A lot right. of single you borrowers coming into the market. Yes. Yeah. Owning a home is still preferred, the preferred way to live. Uh, except for a modest uptick or slight decline during an economic boom or recession, the home ownership rate is around 65% for the last 60 years. So is home where the heart is? And I have a little sign in my home, and it says home is where the heart is. And I say, Hmm. and they agree with me, of course. That is where we feel we freely cry. That is where love, you know, we we, we love, we face heartbreak there. We talk about heartbreak. It's home, sweet home, as well as much sweeter than most other places in our busy lives. And it's our sanctuary. And so I am truly a believer of home and i don't like my name but i really am dorothy and i my mom's not alive to ask her so i couldn't but i could only imagine she found that name because i don't know anyone who has that name uh, that she watched the wizard of oz which was all about going home so i think home plays such a really significant part in all our lives no matter what generation you're in and um with millennials, and I, I kind of, that's the biggest segment of uh, our population now are millennials. They're larger than baby boomers. Well, baby boomers were the largest, but now the millennials are. And uh, they're doing a lot of refinancing, Tom, I'm reading. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're definitely and, doing a lot of refinancing. I mean, they're taking advantage, and they, you know, they, they're pretty good about budgeting and knowing where they want their payments to be. And if they can, they have an opportunity to save a few hundred dollars a month, they jump on it. Yeah, they're really on top of it, I think, more than our generation was, uh, I mean, my generation. Um, and uh, that's driving the refinancing. And by the way, we talk about mortgages if you're buying, but don't forget refinancing. About how much do you have to have the rate drop before it's – like, what's the rule of thumb, Tom? 
I mean, I would say in New York, uh, with the costs associated with uh, refinance, usually about three quarters of a percent is where it makes sense. You can recoup those costs in less than three years. So that's yeah. usually the rule of thumb that we use. And if you're if you're at all questioning it, just call up citizens or email them or go on their site or call Tom. Um, it it costs nothing to get information to see if it makes sense, but really it could save you a lot of money. And I think what happens to people is they get busy in their lives, and I'm just as responsible for this. And sometimes we don't take care of what's really right in front of us that could really help us out a lot. And if you haven't refinanced, you should take a look. Go find out from citizens whether that makes sense because you could be saving a lot of money. Um, I talked about the millennials and how you know they're doing their own refinancing uh, but they're also redefining the word luxury and many millennials are showing interest in high-end homes but their property wish list may look different than those of typical wealthy households okay so um, we're talking luxury millennials and very very wealthy but millennials are known for their ability to change the status quo and now they're changing the mean of love they're, they're changing kind of the meaning of luxury. Many of the millennials, as I said earlier in the show, are entering the authorities and are building their wealth and showing interest in high-end homes because they do believe in home buying. And I remember when we were in the recession in 2007 and 8 and 9, and I think I won't mention the publications that said home ownership is over. Nobody will buy homes. The younger generation will not buy them. They saw their, their parents lose money. And truthfully, that is, could be so further from the truth. Um, but here's a few of the luxury home features millennial home buyers desire. And I think it's important for everyone to know that, especially if you're selling home. Um, they don't necessarily need the mansion. I mean, they're, fo- they're foregoing larger houses, and they're choosing smaller luxury homes. So when I say smaller, that's a relative word. What's small? It could vary. But what they do like is they, make, they want to make smart use of space, and they like high-end amenities and furnishings. So, you know, they like name-brand refrigerators, and they like high-end amenities and furnishings. Some of the most in-demand features include open concepts. They like open. I always tell people if it's not a big deal and you have a house that might be a Cape Cod or something like that, and... There's a wall that's not a bearing wall, and you could kind of open it up a little. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It's a good thing to do. Some of the most in-demand features include open concepts, plush living rooms, showcase kitchens. They like nice kitchens, spa-like bathrooms, and multi-use rooms where you could kind of be a den. It could be an office. They desire functional layouts for entertaining, so that's why they like open. And flexibility to alter spaces to fit their needs. They preferred lifestyle, and they love lifestyle, and uh, that's kind of what they want most at home. And it probably could be your next buyer, so kind of get your house ready for them. They like the houses to be done in good condition. Okay, so that's what millennials like. I was going to finish with them, but I don't think I will have chance. I'm Michael Conte. 
I'm Michael Conti. And I'm Michael Honig from Honig Conti Perino Insurance. Our families have been in business since 1902. We want to let you know about some common misconceptions most people have about insurance. Number one, I don't need it. That'll never happen to me. Well, nine out of ten claims are water damage claims. And whether you're a business owner or a homeowner, it's not the thousands of dollars it costs to make the repairs that will shock you, but the tens of thousands of dollars it costs for a temporary office or housing. Bet you didn't know that. Number two, insurance is like a drive through and I can purchase it like a side of fries. The process shouldn't be difficult, but it does require real people that can guide you. Whether providing insurance for your apartment, co-op, condo, house, or your business, Michael Honig and Michael Conti are names you can trust. So call the Michaels today at 212-777-7113. That's 212-777-7113, or visit them online at honigconti.com, H-O-N-I-G-C-O-N-T-E.com. Honig Conti Perino, not just here to provide insurance, but insurance guidance. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law? Well, every Thursday during Kevin McCullough Radio, you hear from Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answering a listener's actual question. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500. Don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 The Mission and Sunday mornings on AM 970 The Answer at 11. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments, and it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Um, excuse me. Yes! In case you haven't noticed, advertising has changed over the years. What? Now, there's digital. You need Salem Surround. When a customer does a search, do they find your business or the competition? Is your business's contact information accurate and everywhere it should be on the web? How about the right tools to turn visitors into leads? Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Keeping New York City safe from society's most dangerous criminals is not a job for just anyone. But New York's boldest do just that each and every day. This is Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamudin. Last year, Correction Officers had custody of more than 45,000 inmates who entered our jail system. Everyone from the murderer, the rapist, the slasher, the stabber, and even the petty thief who you see in the news every day. But unfortunately, what you won't see or hear is the support, the respect, and the appreciation we deserve from our city's elected leaders. That's why we, the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, want to say thank you to all New York City Correction Officers. Thank you for your service to our city. Thank you for keeping this city safe. We appreciate you. 
and we'll always have your back. Keep up the great work. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I was just quickly, just let me go through. This is, uh, as I said, probably chances are like at least 50, 60% of you will have a millennial buyer. So what they like is they don't have to have big, but they like nice features and high end they like function they like some space to function to kind of be open so if there's um you know they like a flow so they can kind of be flexible with space um they like to be connected uh, so obviously if you if it's not too expensive and you can have your house and everything kind of connected that's a good feature it won't sell your house because it's relatively easy to do if you know how to do it um, they like green. I, I don't think, I'm not sure, but I haven't seen where they'll pay that much more for green, but they do. They're more conscious of that. Um, and they like commuting options. So they like to flock to urban areas. And that, um, as a homeowner, you cannot really control. But what you can do is have your, wherever you live, try to, you know, get the town to stay open a little bit later, have a few restaurants that stay open past 6 or 7. Because um, they, they kind of, they like, you know, they like places where they can relatively simply go to. Um, that's why uh, Hudson Yards, I mean, that project in the city, that's kind of a magnet for millennials and tourists because there's always something going on. They, out, they like outdoor and indoor living spaces, and again, um, very important to them. And just clean, white, crisp, and remember, remove all your clutter. Uh, by the way, just Dottie, for those of Dottie, you... that's the easiest one that um, brokers, you, you all tell me this all the time, is that the clutter is everywhere. How do you sell it with the clutter everywhere? You just need to – that Maria Conti they got to watch. You watch that lady, Dottie? Oh, I watch Marie all Conti? those shows. I don't know if I watch her. Is it Conti? It's a Japanese name, right? Yeah, I, I, might be, I might be saying it wrong, but I love this lady. She's, she teaches you that you got to throw everything out. Including relatives, she said. <laughs> Honestly, well, I saw he, that on the internet. Well, it's I have true. a few, Stephen. I have a few. <laughs> no, and I just spoke. You know, I spoke in, in Vegas at the Home Stages, the National Association of Home Stages. And truthfully, if you look at new construction or developments, they all have those home staged, and they would not look the same if they weren't. So sellers so shouldn't I'm be not, afraid to hire yeah, one, right? Like right. that would be a no. smart move. Well, people think, oh, it's only for the rich people. Well. You know, they've, they've even come out, listen to this, Andrew, I said it last week, they've even come out with cardboard furniture, now this is crazy, that looks real, okay? Wow. That you can do a room in just to give somebody an idea of what this can be. I mean... So they can visualize. Look, if you don't know somebody, okay, if you want to give your house away, that's your option. But when you are selling your house, and I can't tell you, I've been in the business a long time, and you just would think, that it would be common sense that you want to put your best foot forward. You want the pictures on the outside to show well when people are going on the Internet. You want the shrubs. You put some flowers. If you have junk that's in the back, get it out. 
and then have all your windows washed so they sparkle if there's any leaks. I mean, remember something. When you you wanted to, it could it could add thousands to what you really get. And I just, and I don't say Dottie, spend I millions. I want people to understand. I just did an entire office building that I own for two hundred and fifty dollars to clean all the windows. It's like nothing. Like you should have a window cleaning company come, because as you say, it come you come up and there's schmutz all over the windows. It looks schmutzy. Like you want it to sparkle. I love that. Yeah, get those. You know, and then just get. I mean, get rid of all the junk. Less is best. And if you have a lot of furniture, get rid of it, put it in storage, give it to some relative to hold for now so that your rooms show bigger. Uh, so here's my, really here's my religion. Ready? When in what? doubt, throw it out. Oh, I like that, Andrew. I like that. I like that a lot. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but I just read. You know, everyone says, oh, people are retiring to Florida. You know, it's warm and all that. You know, or they're, okay, well. According to New York City's Department for the Aging, the population of people over 60 in the city increased by more than 12% between 2000 and 2010 and is projected to grow by more than 35% by 2030 to, to 1.84 million people. Now, I didn't know. Listen to this. We can attribute much of the growth to longevity and some to people's reluctance to give up their old ways, habits, and locals. And Manhattan has already achieved, they call it NORC, Naturally Occurring Retirement Community. They've received that status. So a lot of people are moving back to Manhattan from the suburbs. Some people are finding a little pierre in Manhattan and trying to find a place in the warmer that's in the warmer climates. But truthfully, people are living longer, and it's not like they sell their home and just retire like they did years ago. Um, Manhattan has so much to offer, Dottie. So you have you have the arts, you have and the best doctors. Um, you got these doctors. I'm reading about the, what the things that they can do now. And I think the most important thing is the access with elevator systems and public transportation. So most of my relatives that have moved back in retirement to the city have been saying, "Hey, I can get everywhere now. I don't feel like I'm a hostage to my car, which I I, exactly. I can't even walk out in." Yeah, the transportation is important. And by the way, Andrew and Tom, I just looked up the wealthiest towns in the U.S. and Scarsdale, New York, which is in Westchester, is the richest town on the East Coast and the second richest in the United States, according to Bloomberg. The average household income was 417,000 and change. And entry level there for... Uh, was a, for the, the 100 richest places, entry level was 200000 And for those of us Long Islanders, which a lot of us are or were, uh, Jericho, which is on Long Island, it's probably kind of mid, it's by Syasa, Jericho, you know, that for the first time made the list. Well, they're schools, Dottie. They, they have the best schools in America in Jericho. It's unbelievable how, how every school there is ranked the best. I know. Um, Scarsdale hit was number two. Um, what was Jericho? I think a- Atherton was, three, was one. Let's see. Cherry Hills was three. Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Um, it's probably near a ski place. Yeah, like number four or five. Yeah. It's up there. It's up there as um, 
one of the wealthiest towns in the U.S. Wow. Now, besides that they have great schools, uh, but one of the wealthiest towns. So I thought that was really interesting uh, because you – you, you, some people just don't realize that. I think that Long Island needs to do a little better PR on themselves. That's my advice to Long Island. They're um, lucky they have Dottie. They have Dottie to tell them. Right. Well, I, you know, I swear to you, I, I, Andrew, I think I told you I'd do this. I really, really, because, you know, I live in the city now, but I'm a Long Islander. I grew up there. I loved growing up there. I think it was a great place. And I just think they don't toot their horns enough. They have great restaurants. They have great beaches. Um, they have parks. Um, they have everything. And I just think that they just need to do a little better PR. I think. And they have the Hamptons Jitney to get right into the city and you get a bag of chips while you're going in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Andrew, this is a question. Is this disclosure or not? The Watcher Home finally sells after five years of creepy letters. The New Jersey home that was terrorized for years by creepy, sinister letters from a stalker has been sold. The creeped-out owners who never moved in um, <laughs> to the property known as the Watcher House, which is a six-bedroom Dutch colonial, sold for 959000 And uh, the, the owners, Derek and Maria, purchased their dream house for $1.4 million in June 2014. But they were chased away before they could move in due to a nightmarish letter from a writer who goes by the name The Watcher. Ooh. The couple, who have young children, believe the stalker had a mentally disturbed fixation on the home. Okay, the watcher claims to be the rightful owner of the home and hints that he'll be keeping tabs on the young blood that's taken up the residence. Mm. Why are you here? The watcher wrote. I will find out, he says uh. in one letter. Who has the, and who, which one of your family members has the bedroom facing the street? Because I will know that as soon as you move in, claimed the watcher. The couple's eerie ordeal gained notoriety, and um, they they have a lawsuit which claimed that the previous occupants didn't disclose that the watcher did that to them also. Okay. And the former resident countersued, alleging they were defamed. Now, I'd love you to talk a little about, and we'll probably finish a little after the the news, a little about disclosure and what you have to disclose to people when they're buying your home, Andrew. And do you think that they should have disclosed that? Like, I'm still shaking a little. I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> as you're saying this, I'm Googling the watcher. I don't want him to get me. I, I, I get, like, very uh, upset about this stuff. And um, I'm well, with you. Like so. That's scary, it, it, don't it, you think? <laughs> like, it's terrifying. I don't know if scary is even the word. It's they never terrifying. Moved Imagine people. getting that letter. Yeah. Well, they they oh, never yeah. moved in, and I don't blame them. Okay. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> they called the police. The police investigated. It's been going on for. They could not find where the letters were coming from. So but he's still, still on the loose. Yes, Wait a second, yeah. Stephen. Are you telling me the watcher is still out there? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes he's out and there, but he's he's in New Jersey. No offense, New Jersey. <laughs> you, don't come to said, New York. You Stay said we in should Jersey. relocate to Florida, right? Isn't that what you were saying? Florida sounds further. Yes, maybe he's getting older and he thinks he needs a warmer climate. <laughs> his bones, his bones. The watcher, we have to be concerned. But did they have to so disclose Dottie, that? So, Dottie, the answer, 
The answer is um, state-specific, and I'm not a New Jersey attorney, but I'll address it as if it was New York. So let's say it's a co-op in the city or a Manhattan thing because I just can't talk about something I'm not licensed to discuss. Right, right, right. So, so the way it would work in New York is if you can discover something through ordinary diligence – you could never sue a seller. So you're a buyer. And if you could discover something through your own investigations, you could never sue a seller. However, if the Wait, seller... Wait, Andrew, is that why they say buyer beware? That is. That is. You got it. So they say that a buyer needs to beware because, you know, a seller or a seller's agent's not responsible for something. Like, you can't just say, hey, I'm not checking this out. You know, these buyers, they go in and they go, the roof is leaking. Well, why didn't you inspect the roof? They come in and they go, the, the, the dishwasher don't work. Well, why didn't you inspect the dishwasher? So what happens is when you do a closing, there's this legal concept called merger. Merger says everything we agreed before doesn't survive the closing because everything is merged in. You got the keys. You got the money. You're done. The only thing that could survive a closing, Dottie, and I don't know enough facts about this watcher guy, and I want to ask more questions, <laughs> is if the seller knew about something and he actively concealed it. If the seller said, hey, I have this huge hole in the wall, so let's put this piece of art in front of the hole, and then no one will see it. If the seller said, the basement's leaking, let's clean it up right before the inspection, and let's put a couch in front of it. If you do active concealment, that survives the closing. So the real question is, how public were these watcher letters? And what did they know? So I need to know a lot more information about this watcher. Well, I, and I, think I don't know to... either, but what, what I, I would like, and I don't know, you know, what I'd like you to Tell talk me. about is, is, I mean, this is kind of an extreme thing. Hopefully there's not many watchers watching, okay? But when you're well, we should bring in the, the, home, the crew from CSI, Dottie. We should bring in the crew from CSI, <laughs> and they're going to tell us what's going on here. Yeah, maybe they'll do a better investigation. Um, right. But when you're selling your home, okay, as you said, there are certain things that you have to disclose now like, uh, to uh, a future potential buyer. Like, let's talk about one that we all know because it's on Long Island. Elm. What is it? Elm? Oh, the, the, the where were the mass murderers were uh, nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. Okay, Elm Street. So that's, uh, the Avenue of Horror, which is wasn't there a mass murder or serial killer or somebody in that house? Like if somebody so such got a good question. Okay, yeah. if somebody was so it's killed, in the real property law, Dottie. If someone was killed, here's what it says in real property law four four three a. It says, hey, if there was a homicide there, if there was a suicide there, if there was death from accidental or natural causes or any crime punishable by a felony, or if someone lived there with HIV or something that's a transmittable disease, you don't have to disclose it. Did you know that? You don't have to disclose it. You don't have to tell anyone except, and buyers listen up carefully, except if the buyer requests in writing that information. Wow. Well, so, so the buyer needs to ask. All right, Andrew, you got to We're going to let uh, Mike come on a little bit later. We got to finish. This is an important subject of what the buyers need to be aware of and do their homework on and what the sellers need to know and what they need to disclose or not disclose. Um, we'll be I'm right still back. shaking from this watcher. Daddy, I know. Watcher. I hope he's not oh. watching us. We'll be right back after the 11 o'clock news. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.